So let me start by asking you a question. Can you really truly spot fake news? Well, I've got a quiz to test to see how good you are and if you'd make it as a fact checker for Facebook. Because in this podcast, we're talking about Facebook and how it responds to criticisms of being a platform for fake news propaganda, pornography, hate messaging, and much more. From Commando.com, this is, of course, Commando on Demand. It's where we talk to industry movers and shakers. We keep you up to date on everything digital. You can get new episodes every Wednesday and Friday. And by the end of this Commando on Demand episode, you're going to learn about a shocking new development in the behind-the-scenes, often highly secretive inner workings of Facebook. We're going to be covering the ever-present threat of fake news and how it spreads. And how it's still, years after it first broke, as a major problem during the 2016 election, it's being used as propaganda and to sow unease and tension in our country. We're going to be covering how the company has taken to combating this epidemic and the third-party companies and partnerships it's been throwing at the problem with, well, let's just say, less than satisfactory results. Now, many of these partners are just not happy, and a few have recently cut ties with Facebook citing a lack of transparency, well, among other things. We're going to be speaking with an expert fact-checker on her troubles working with the company. And then we're also going to take a look at another hot-button issue for Facebook, the giant shadowing teams of so-called content moderators that have been placed in position, again, usually third-party contractors, to fight this growing wave of sick, often perverted content that violates Facebook's guidelines. Now, these guys haven't been too happy with how Facebook has been treating them either, with many claiming worsened mental health, some serious grievances about privacy and unfair treatment. And we're going to give you an up-close and personal look at all of these fiascos. But first, before we get all started, we just have to take a moment to thank our partners because they help make these Commando On Demand podcasts possible. When you're hiring, you don't want to waste time sorting through dozens of irrelevant resumes. You want an efficient way to get to a short list of qualified candidates. You need Indeed.com. Post a job in minutes. Set up screener questions based on your job requirements. Then zero in on qualified candidates using an intuitive online dashboard. Discover why 3 million businesses use Indeed.com for hiring. Post a job today at Indeed.com slash hire. Search for greatness. Search Indeed. Okay, welcome back. Let's see if you can really spot the fake news. Are you ready? First story. After a local gang opened fire on two police officers, a 79-year-old grandmother fought back by picking up an AK-47. Is that real or fake? Okay, next story. A mysterious floating package started a bomb scare, but it turned out to be a NASA weather balloon. Hmm, do you think that's real or is that fake? All right, how about this one? The Federal Reserve raised interest rates four times during the Trump presidency and never, ever raised it once during Obama's eight years. All right. OK, just one more. Just one more. We're about to get a never-before-seen look at planet Mars when during a rare celestial event, Mars will look to be as big as Earth's moon. OK, so how'd you do on the quiz? I gave you four stories. All right. Here's a clue. Three are fake. One is true. If you guess that there really was a NASA floating weather balloon, a gold star for you, buddy. You're right. The other stories, the AK-47 carrying granny, the Federal Reserve, and planet Mars, so sad, all fakes. 
We've heard about Facebook's data mining and security risks. But aside from that old classmate or distant relative who spouts off angry political rants, Facebook can be a pretty vanilla place. You share pictures of your family vacations. You keep up with old friends you haven't seen in years. And you follow your favorite tech expert. Of course, that would be me. Yes, Facebook.com slash Kim Commando. Now, what if I told you there's a brutal and sinister layer that you just don't see? And there's a good reason you don't see it. I'm not talking about the dark web here. I know that's where your mind went. I'm still just talking about Facebook. I'm talking about the millions of reports the company gets every single day for content that gets reported for violating the site's content policies. Violence, brutality, hate speech, and of course, well, fake news. Why are you and I spared from the majority of this shocking content? Well, at least I hope you are. It comes down to thousands, and I mean thousands of men and women who serve as fact checkers and content moderators. These people have the job to sift through this digital garbage every single day. And get this, most of them are not even technically Facebook employees. The company has handed control of what stays and what has to go to armies of third-party contractors. And from what they've been saying in the media, it seems like it really has been the worst of times. For the fact-checkers in charge of weeding out fake news, it looks like two of the site's biggest partners, and we'll get into just who that is later, just ended their agreements with Facebook. All right, let's talk about content moderators for just a second. I've got to introduce you to that topic before I can introduce you to any of our guests. The content moderators help filter out violent and pornographic content. Imagine what this is like. You're sitting in front of a computer all day, and your job, oh my gosh, be terrible, but your job is to flag beheadings, assaults, rapes, murders, content that you wouldn't want any child to see. Just earlier this week, a story broke about a Phoenix-based firm that works with the social media giant and whose employees have been turning to drug use and what they call trauma bonding to cope with the disturbing content that they're reviewing day in and day out. So we're going to be putting Facebook under a much-deserved microscope. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about. And to help us do this, we reached out to Brooke Binkowski. She actually worked with Facebook as a fact checker. She was in the trenches. She had the job. And Brooke has been making waves recently. Following her departure from Facebook, she published a fiery, incisive piece with BuzzFeed.com about Facebook's lack of transparency. Now, Brooke's no boiler room fact checker. She's a journalist whose resume includes time as managing editor of a popular fact check site. I'm sure you heard of it, Snopes. Her outspoken criticism of Facebook has landed her in the limelight. She's calling out the unethical and wrong practices. All right, everyone, I'd like you to meet Brooke Binkowski. Brooke, so tell us how you got to this part. What have you done so far in your life? My name is Brooke Binkowski, and I am the managing editor of trutherfiction.com. Uh, before that, I was the managing editor of snopes.com. Before that, I was a reporter on the U.S.-Mexico border. I don't know if you care about that. Um, and I am also, I guess, one of the very few people who is coming out and saying, you know, Facebook is doing bad stuff. Did we work together, Brooke? I think so. I, I think we worked in the same building, at least. Everybody's name sounds familiar, and I think I've worked with everybody. But I did work at KNX, which was in the same building as KFWB, and then all the AM CBS stations. And then before that, I worked for um, KPCC. And then I worked for like a bunch of stations in San Diego, Pogo, KPBS. Wow. And then CNN Radio. Did you ever work there? Mm -mm. Oh, then I don't know. Well, you never know. Our paths probably crossed somehow in this whole thing. <laughs> it's radio. 
Okay, so now the universes are colliding once again. <laughs> and tell us what you did with Facebook. Okay, uh, so I was the managing editor of Snopes, which is that you know, big fact checking website. And Facebook approached me and asked if I would be interested in partnering with them. So I immediately, you know, closed the email and uh, decided it was way too much uh, responsibility and I didn't want anything to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually I returned to it and sent it to the owner of the site. And we, none of us really knew what it was, what we were supposed to be doing. And we assumed that we were going to be doing something like real time fact checking, which it turned out that was kind of what we were doing. Uh, they would give us this tool and it was hooked into our, through our personal Facebook accounts, which I found particularly weird, that would bring up a table and we typed in the URL of all the stories that they were looking to have debunked. We would put whether or not they were true or false or mixture, you know, undetermined, all of those things. And uh, then we would put the URL to our fact check on Snopes into this graph, into this little, you know, table mm -hmm. on Facebook. And um, then that was it. Like we had, it was, it was non-invasive. So we appreciated that, but none of us had any idea what they were doing with it. Um, okay. And so wait, wait, just back up. Okay. So somebody posts something online, right? Mm -hmm. And I flag it by saying, you know what? That's just not true. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then that computer algorithm says, okay, well, we need to send that to a human being to actually check. I think that's how it worked because they never would tell us how the flagging process worked either. You know, at some point they had people who were flagging stuff just, you know, at random. At another point they had experts flagging things. Like I have no idea how they ended up on this list, how these stories ended up there. But yeah, in theory, that was how it worked. Okay. So did you only check Snopes or were you allowed to go to other places to figure out whether or not this was fake news or real news? Um, so we were, since we were with Snopes and we were partnered with them, uh, we were just using Snopes URLs. There, there were other groups that were using their own work, but we were using our own work in order to debunk the, uh, fact checks. So what are some stories that, that you might remember? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. We would get, um, like the same story over and over and over when it, you know, you know how there's somebody puts out like a satire story and then a fake news or disinformation site will take that and they'll, they'll just rip it off and then yes. post it under their own byline. Yeah. So we'd get that over and over again, which led us to believe that it was um, a, uh, an algorithm issue, but I'm trying to think of an example. Like I keep, this keeps getting stuck in my mind because we just had to re debunk it for um, my new site, which was, this was one that we did, I believe, for Facebook. It was a woman. This is a, a completely untrue story, by the way. She had a bunch of kids and she decided to leave them in the car while she went and ate at a buffet for nine hours. And this was accompanied by a uh, an unrelated mugshot of this, this you know, hapless woman. And you got arrested for, I think, um, I don't know theft or something like that, you know, kind of a misdemeanor theft, but her mugshot was online. And so whoever it was swiped it. So this started going out everywhere. People were passing it along thinking, oh, yeah, what a stupid criminal. Ha <laughs> ha. And uh, so that one kept popping up again and again. But it was usually stuff like that. It wasn't the really corrosive stuff. It was these stories that, you know, were kind of maybe amusing to some people or, you know, they were they were off off the off the wall, off the beaten path. And um we ended up with a lot of those. The truly awful, like racist, corrosive, you know, fear-mongering stuff we, we never saw or very rarely saw. And so what do you think, where do you think it goes wrong on Facebook? 
Oh, uh, definitely their opacity, their lack of transparency, the fact that they are um, still trying to use algorithms to solve human problems. They're completely resistant to the idea that they need to hire internal moderators. They're married to this this false idea of um, free speech. I, I keep hammering this because I feel like people talk about free speech and they don't quite understand it. Free speech isn't just the loudest person, you know, getting control of the room. That's antithetical to what free speech actually is, because then that means everybody else doesn't get to speak, right? Free speech is everybody gets a chance to talk. And Facebook is privileging the loudest, most obnoxious people uh, over everybody else with their whole idea of free speech, which means disinformation, because it's shocking and it's emotionally engaging, um, ends up spreading far and wide and very fast. And then they get, you know, engagement numbers, and then they get more advertising money and so forth. So, yeah. But really, the biggest problem is lack of transparency and their refusal to admit when they're wrong. All right. We're speaking with Brooke Brinkowski. She's a former Facebook fact checker, current managing editor at truthorfiction.com. And coming up in just a bit, we're going to dig a little deeper. And we're going to find out why Facebook is allowing fake news to make its way into your news feed. But first, a special thank you to one of our partners in this podcast, Robinhood, because they help make these commando on-demand podcasts possible. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. Plus, there's no account minimum deposit needed to get started, so you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy-to-understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio. Discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss an opportunity to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of Commando On Demand a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at invest.robinhood.com, invest.robinhood.com. Hey, welcome back. We're here with Brooke Binkowski. She's the managing editor of trutherfiction.com. Brooke and I have been talking about Facebook's use of third-party companies that flag content as real, fake, or satire on Facebook. And coming up later, we're going to share a story about another company that Facebook hired to moderate content. How many human moderators does Facebook have? I have no idea. They have honestly no idea. That goes back to that lack of transparency. Uh, I can tell you that when I was absolutely fixated on Myanmar and all the stuff that was going on there and and absolutely, you know, powerless to help it um, or to to help anything, it came out later that they'd had, I think, two Burmese-speaking people in all of Myanmar handling all of that on Facebook. But back here in the United States... We have people that will just get on Facebook because they're bored, right, Brooke? They got nothing to do. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I um, mean, I do the same. You know, and, and you start trolling around, you look at different stories, and we all have that like blowhard friend. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you know, whether it's Trump or Pelosi, it doesn't matter what it is, they're just all over it. And then you have, of course, the nice Aunt Bet, right? Who, <laughs> who like believes everything that she sees online. And so when these stories are brought to Facebook's attention, it doesn't sound like they have a really good inside way to to figure out what goes to the top of the news feed versus it just kind of goes away. Yeah, no, they don't. And I think it's a feature, not a bug. I mean, I think I think more is going to come out. Um, 
I, and I'm speculating, I have no insider information on this particular thing, but I think what's going to happen is we're going to find out that this is purely because it's their business model, because they've been so resistant to changing the spread of this. They have been so anxious to distance themselves from any kind of responsibility that that kind of just has to be the only thing that's left, I think. Well, it's all about the money. I mean, yeah. let's just, God. It's, it's just all about the money. Let's see how long we can keep them on the page. And psychologically, those buttons are there at various places so that this way you do have that endless scroll, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, you also have a little bit of FOMO, right? Mm-hmm. And, and when you start looking at the stories that spread on Facebook, it seems like the crazier stories get spread more than like the good stories. Of course. Of course. Because that bypasses your, you know thinking part of your brain, it bypasses your frontal lobes and goes straight for the amygdala, right? So you're like either really scared or you think it's really funny or you think it's, it makes you really angry or something like that, which equates to, by Facebook's definition, engagement. It drives me nuts because engagement is not an unalloyed good. I, I like the idea of being able to talk to friends. I don't like the idea of having, you know, a six hour long fight with people who I used to like just because uh, some hoax stories going around that they found believable, for example, or that I found believable. I mean, I I've been taken in before, too. Yeah, I have, too. You're looking at that. You're like, whoa, that has to be true. And then you're like, "Mm, (laughs) God, I think I had one too many glasses of wine when I liked that. What the (laughs) heck was going on? You know, should not Facebook and drink. Okay, stop it. Stop it already. Oh, we've all been there. (laughs) All right. So so do you think Facebook? I think I know the answer. But let me ask you this anyway, Brooke. How does Facebook fix the problem? Oh, they they hire moderators. They bring in people who are ruthless about stopping this content. You cannot have this happening. And I mean, they have made... Uh, I get really worked up about this. They have made plenty of money. I did the math at one point and I discovered their like annual profit is equal or at that point was equal to Jamaica's GDP. I don't know. I was just like <laughs> looking at a list of, you know, countries whose GDP was about the same. I mean, it's just, dis- I, I shouldn't say it's disgusting that they made money. I mean, good for them, I guess. But it's disgusting that they made money off these psychological the psychological testing, these psychographics, it's spilling our data to everybody, our innermost thoughts, our desires that are now being, you know, cut into little pieces and used to to reassemble us, basically, and push us one way or the other politically. I mean, it was wrong enough when it was being done in the service of consumerism, but now it's just political. It's it, it's they're they're screwing up elections. I mean, oh my god! It's, <laughs> it's well, so you know, I have made it. You know, it's no secret that you know. I, I don't like Facebook. I've said it publicly. Uh, I wish I could delete my account, but I can't because it's tied to the show account. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I can't stand the the tracking that happens. Um, you know, you mentioned Jamaica. Uh, you know, their GDP. Um, you know, probably much like Jamaica, their GDP is tied to smoke. You know, um, Facebook is is a lot of smoke and <laughs> mirrors too, right? Very good. <laughs> and when and when you start looking at all the tracking that Facebook does, so the, the last number I saw was 52,000 data points. I mean, about a particular person. I don't know about you, Brooke, but I can't think of 52,000 things about myself. Right? I mean, like what? It's got to be some of the most trivial stuff, you know? It's got to be just if it wasn't being done by AI, I imagine people would be just be bored out of their minds with that kind of stuff. Who needs that kind of level of of, of data? <laughs> but it is all for the almighty dollar because when we can start really giving targeted advertising 
and down to minutia. Like, you know, you mentioned, you know, I mean, do you like Coke or Pepsi? Do you prefer cranberry juice over apple juice? I mean, there are different psychological aspects where people will say, you know what? She likes cranberry juice. She probably gets a lot of UIs, I mean, versus apple juice or whatever it might be. And so it becomes all about the mighty dollar, which when you start talking to people, they say, you know what? I like Facebook. It helps me feel connected, right? Mm -hmm. It brings me closer to my family and my friends. But I will tell you that when... I quit Facebook. I deactivated my account and then I realized that I couldn't because of the show page and things like that. Is that when I deactivated, I was like a sense of relief. Oh, totally. It's like, oh my gosh, I don't really care what these people in high school do anymore. I haven't seen them or heard from them for like 30 years, right? And, you know, uh, I went to one of my reunions a couple of years ago and I realized that, yeah, <laughs> I don't have anything in common with them. They don't have anything in common with me. Why are we friends on Facebook? Yeah, there's that as well. But on the other hand, um, I put myself in a really weird position where I'm actually kind of defending Facebook at the same time that I'm excoriating them. I want them to be better. I find um, the Facebook experience right now to be very onerous. I don't like their messaging. I don't like the, the timeline. But I do respect it as an unparalleled method of mass communication. It's got such a great infrastructure that I don't think when people say, oh, do you think Facebook should go? No, I don't. I've seen it. It's, it's been a net positive for a lot of communities. But the, those algorithms, oh, they need to go. The things that are making us all depressed, the things that are bringing us into contact with the, the kind of people that we would never even talk to on the street. No. The, right. <laughs> those need to go. <laughs> I mean, you, know, I, I, you know, I was at a food court at the shopping mall not too long ago. And I was standing there with my husband, and I looked around and I said, uh, you know, I don't really see anybody here whose house I would like to stay at. And he looked at, <laughs> he looked at me and goes, what? I said, just look around. This is like Airbnb. I mean, is there anybody here who you look at them and you say, you know what? Yeah, I can sleep in their house. I, I can take a bedroom there. It's it's just crazy. But with Facebook, suddenly we hop on, we we talk about things that we shouldn't talk about. I especially like the, the family tirades that people pop up and they'll say, you know, oh, I, I'm never going to talk to my son again because he's got a wife who I don't like and he likes Trump and she likes Pelosi and blah, 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 oh, blah. Oh, God. You know, yeah. it's just I, it's crazy. And, you know, I have to admit that I've had to really come into like I've had to really regard myself and, and with all my warts and realize that I am I have a long way to go as a person because I used to get on Facebook and I would see that drama and I would be like, oh, I love it. If it doesn't involve me, I love reading the drama. Um, and, you know, I actually maybe Facebook did make me a better person because I don't like it anymore. It's just gotten really depressing. <laughs> So I think the answer, and I agree with you, the answer is human intervention. You know, mm -hmm. computers are only as good as as how we program them. I feel like they've forgotten that. I feel like everybody's like gone insane. They start talking about AI. It's like, okay, AI is one thing, but this is just a series of increasingly complex algorithms. This is not thinking for itself. If this, you know, was a, a an actual like personality, we could talk about it. <laughs> You know what? And that's, that's that's probably a good point because unless you actually know how a computer works, right? It doesn't do anything that you don't ask it to do. I mean, and you can say like, well, we programmed Watson, then Watson will answer certain questions. Well, you know, based upon well, that's all based upon what we have programmed into that computer before. 
And so that computer can make assumptions, if, then, or else statements. And that's all it is. And, you know, with with all the money, like you mentioned, that Facebook is making, um, and, you know, Google's guilty of it too, by the way, at YouTube, Mm -hmm. okay, is that suddenly we're going to depend upon algorithms to make sure that kitty porn doesn't pop up in the comments at YouTube, you know. Why is there I, – and I, I think it's all about the money. Maybe it's the responsibility. Maybe it's the politics. I don't know. But there should be more humans involved. Yeah, I agree. And I think that that particular failure is, I think – uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems to me that this is a particularly Silicon Valley way of looking at things. You know, this idea that that hiring humans is an admission that of defeat that those that algorithms can't do like everything that they were hyped to do. Um, I think we're going to see, just given some stories I read today, we're probably going to see some similar attitudes about blockchain coming up soon. <laughs> uh, but they just didn't want to like say, oh, you know, maybe we uh, were kind of maybe we flew a little too close to the sun here. And I think that that resistance has just made everything geometrically worse. So why are you speaking out, Brooke? Because it's wrong, because I care about humans, because I care about humanity, because I care about free and fair elections and democracy. And I like being free. And uh, the end goal of all of this, I've studied this information. I actually developed an interest in it when I was in graduate school. Never thought it would be you know, worth anything. I just thought it was really interesting how it worked and how it spread and how people adopted it and, and what they used it for. And the the end goal, when you start getting hit hard by disinformation and propaganda, is to dehumanize people and to take freedom away from people. And I, I've never been particularly, you know, one of those people going out screaming about tyranny and freedom, but I guess I'm turning into that person now because I find myself thinking more and more that if our elections get interfered with too much, we're not going to have the freedom to elect new people at some point, <laughs> not to get too into politics. But I, I also have seen a lot of disinformation come out about, you know, the border, for example, another thing that my grad school experience was strangely preparing me for because I studied Latin American history with focus on the U.S.-Mexico border, go figure. Um, but what happens is, you know, I'm seeing entire swaths of people be dehumanized, people I love, people I'm related to, me, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, I see where it's going and I see this sort of extremely dark undercurrent and I'm trying to prevent that. And I think that Facebook's inaction, no matter what they tell themselves, tech is not morally neutral and Facebook's inaction, like I said earlier, is making things much worse. But it's not, but Facebook is not a tech company. I mean... They're in the tech That's industry. That's what they say. Okay, right. But, you know, but as far as I'm, they are in the information dissemination mm-hmm. business. Okay, whether, Completely agree. Okay, whether they want to agree with that or not. I mean, there are certain reasons why you only see your political views on your newsfeed because you're not going to read something that you don't agree with. You're not going to share something. You're not going to spend time. You're not going to engage in something that you don't agree with. So the opinions... And the values and the news that you're getting on Facebook is carefully curated to make sure that you stay on that site the longest time possible so that this way they can collect more data about you and feed you more information. Yes. 
I mean, well, with the occasional person who you completely disagree with, who you find offensive on every level, so you are encouraged to fight with them, which is more engagement, you know, but only Facebook benefits because they get mad, you get mad, everybody's mad, and then Facebook benefits because then you're spending even longer on your site. And then seeing more advertising, and then mm-hmm. it just it just like this self-perpetuating circle that just keeps going around and around. And what's concerning to me is I, I don't know what's the last number that you saw, but the last number I saw was like some crazy thing, like 62% of all Americans are getting their primary news from Facebook. Oh, I'm not surprised. I, I don't know the exact number, but I've heard like jaw-dropping numbers like that. It's just incredible. And you're seeing everything, as you pointed out, being carefully curated by these algorithms that nobody knows the formulas for. I mean, we don't know what criteria they're feeding and to show us these specific people at this specific time on this specific day. But I can tell you that there have been, you know, a lot of studies done, um, including that weird 2014 experiment that Facebook finally admitted to about how the timeline affects your mood. You know, do you remember this one? No. In 2014, uh-huh. they, oh, there were selected users, they said, um, who were being shown a certain number, like a larger percentage of depressing updates on Facebook just to see how it affected their mood. Facebook did this without seeking or obtaining permission or indeed even telling people on Facebook that that was that they were being experimented on. It turned so, into a scandal. So they were just giving them so they would put up like Debbie Downer news. Yeah, they would just show they would curate their feed so that they would see only their friends who were depressed. Oh, gosh. I know. Isn't it sick? And that was early psychographics. And I thought at that time, I thought that was as bad as it was going to get. I thought it was shocking. And now, you know, here we are. And it turns out it really did have a dramatic effect on their moods. I mean, it does. You, humans are social. Moods are contagious. Crowd behavior is a thing. And uh, for them to just sort of, you know, cavalierly experiment on that behavior without giving us any information about it or any chance to consent to it, I thought was pretty beyond the pale. So what can people do? Oh, I mean, pressure Facebook. I would say get off Facebook, but no, nobody can. It's not realistic. And they've done that too. I mean, it, people have it for work. I have it for work. Even though I defend it, it doesn't mean I necessarily like it <laughs> as it is. I don't like it at all. What you can do is get off Facebook. But that's not realistic, as I said. So pressure Facebook publicly. Join on to, you know, these online ways you can pressure them publicly. Sign petitions. Get involved. Pressure your local politicians, your lawmakers to, in turn, pressure Facebook. They need to face pressure, public pressure on all sides. And it seems to me that public pressure is the only thing that they respond to. Do you think Mark Zuckerberg will ever be like Tom at MySpace? You mean disappear? <laughs> yes. And like never like, be quiet for the rest of his career? Oh, God, I hope so. I mean, Tom at MySpace, I'm sorry, man. All you did was make it too easy to change your page and we all left. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, and I don't know if I'm sure you remember a couple of years ago, Mark Zuckerberg was going to run for president, running around the country, (laughs) kissing babies. Oh, my God. Yeah, I remember that. And then I saw, do you remember that weird thing he did with uh, in the aftermath of the Puerto Rico um, hurricane? Was it Harvey or Maria? Maria. Uh, he took a virtual boat around oh. and he's like, oh, look at that devastation. <laughs> uh, yes. So, you know, sometimes, Mark, you have to, you know, look beyond your screen. You know, it's called uh-huh. IRL in real life. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm still waiting someday for somebody to call me out on Facebook because I routinely refer to him on my national radio show as Schmuckerberg, <laughs> you know, instead of Zuckerberg. You know, it's. <laughs> 
But he has created a phenomena, whether you like it or not, right? I mean, people are on there. People enjoy it. I've heard from many of my listeners that say, you know, you tell me to get off of Facebook, but I don't know where else to go. Okay. Yeah. Everybody's there, my friends and family. and uh, You know, there are also these secret groups on Facebook that people like to hang out in. And it seems to give them camaraderie. Uh, there's Facebook Marketplace, you know, that, that seems to be getting a lot of traction. I mean, there, there, are, are, so there are some big forces there, but I think it's every once in a while, I'm, I'm really glad that you had a chance to, to come on with us because it, you have to have a reality check. You know, you got to sit mm-hmm. back every once in a while and say, hey, you know, is this really something that's good for me inside? And what am I really gaining from it? And, you know, and, and how can I expand my horizons? Yes. And, you know, it's kind of personal for me as well, beyond the whole worked for Snopes and Facebook and partnership and everything. But uh, I come from an earlier time in the Internet. I was online in the 80s. I remember the BBS culture. I remember Telnet. I remember, you know, dial up. And I remember 2400 bod. I'm not as old school as the 300 bod people, but I came along a couple of years after that. And I was very enthusiastically involved in what we didn't yet call social media, but I was part of the BBS culture. And for me to, we were all very pro open source. We were, you know, we had that Gen X sort of uh, individualism quality and we were all big nerds. <laughs> yeah, we were. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? I was, you know, I was the bonafide geek of the week. I admit it, you know? <laughs> yeah. But look what you made out of it. It's awesome. Yeah, that is true. To see this turn to this to the service of, of suppressing people's individual rights and suppressing their free speech. I mean, that's essentially what's happening. To me, I find it uh, obscene. It goes against everything we created this society for. And uh, so I, I guess I, I do get worked up. I do take it personally because although I didn't create any of the technology, I was there. I helped shape the culture at that time. And this is not what we made that for. Is there anything else you want to talk about? No, I kind of got it all out of my system. Thank you for okay. uh, cleansing, saving me money. <laughs> no, I don't have to go to therapy for another week. <laughs> That's right, Brooke. No therapy for the next week. We did that whole <laughs> mental cleansing. You can now, you know, pull up calm in a meditation app, whatever it may be. Uh, but no, seriously, Brooke, thank you so much for joining us. I think that, you know, you provided some valuable insight and some fodder for conversation and hopefully things that our listeners can think about the next time they're tempted to share something on Facebook or tempted to just sit there on Facebook and will away the hours. Yes, and pressure your elected officials to make Facebook better. Hey, thanks, Brooke, for joining us. And if you'd like to read more about this topic, head over to my website, commando.com. That's commando with a K, of course, dot com. And just search for Facebook. And while you're there, sign up for my free newsletters because this way you get alerts when we have great breaking news stories like this. And stick around to the end of this podcast because we're having a great giveaway. That's right. You just have to listen for a special password and you can text it to win a fabulous prize. And before we get to all that, just stay right where you are because I have to extend a special thank you to our partners in this podcast. They help make it possible. It's 2019, and technology has grown leaps and bounds since 1999. So why are you still using that old, outdated software? Find software that fits your business's needs using Captera.com. I get asked all the time for different recommendations, and I refer people to Captera.com. With over 700,000 reviews of products from real software users, discover everything you need to make an informed decision. 
Search more than 700 specific categories of software, everything from project management to email marketing to yoga studio management software. No matter your business needs, Captera makes it easy to discover the right solution fast. Join the millions of people who use Captera each month to find the right tools for their business. Visit captera.com slash Kim today to find the right tools to make 2019 the year for your business. Once again, that address is captera.com slash Kim. Let me spell it for you. C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A dot com slash Kim. Hey, we're back. As we spoke about with Brooke, there's a lot of power in Facebook. Online communication is fast and messages move through the web faster than lightning, whether they're true or fake or satire. And that's part of the reason Facebook has dramatically increased the amount of content moderators. And I'm sure it came to light because, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, last year we had the Cambridge Analytical scandal. This propaganda firm stole some 87 million users' data, and then Facebook hired thousands of people to do what its artificial intelligence technology just can't do, try to keep the site clean from hateful and violent content. And I have to tell you this from the onset, Facebook's doing a horrible job at it. Um, By the end of this year, by the way, we're going to have more than 20,000 people working on security and content review, um, working across all these things. So when when content gets flagged to us, we have those those people look at it, and if it violates our policies, then we take it down. Some problems lend themselves more easily to AI solutions than others. So hate speech is one of the hardest, because determining if something is hate speech is very linguistically nuanced. Right, it's you need to understand, um, you know, what is a slur and what um, whether something is hateful. Not just in English, but the majority of people on Facebook use it in languages that are different across the world. Um, contrast that, for example, with an area like finding terrorist propaganda, which we've actually been very successful at deploying AI tools on already. Today, as we sit here, ninety-nine percent of the ISIS and Al Qaeda content that we take down on Facebook. Our AI systems flag before any human sees it. So that's a success in terms of, of rolling out AI tools um, that, can, that can proactively um, police and enforce safety across the community. Um, hate speech, I am optimistic that over a five to 10 year period, we will have AI tools that can uh, get into some of the nuances, the linguistic nuances of, of, of different types of content to be more accurate in flagging things for our systems. But today we're just not there on that. Now, let's get back to this Phoenix-based company. Their name is Cognizant, and it's tactics that were making headlines recently after an article on The Verge alleged that the people who work at these companies are suffering from post-traumatic stress syndrome. Now, supposedly, at Facebook's request, these third-party companies force workers to sign strict non-disclosure agreements. I understand that. We sign them here at Commando. But what if these reports are true? You'd think that Facebook fact-checkers were conducting international espionage. This goes beyond non-disclosure and confidentiality. The reports say workers are not allowed to tell anybody. I'm talking about anybody about their work. Not even their families are allowed to know. I can't even imagine. You spend all day looking at some truly terrible stuff, and you can't talk about it with your family members and friends. Facebook says this is to protect the identity of its users. Well, apparently, this causes a lot of employees to get really close to each other. I mean, I'm talking about really, really close. There are many reports of, let's just say, inappropriate workplace activities, and that's in quotes, between coworkers. One of the people who was interviewed for the article said that it was just a form of trauma bonding. There have been reports of anxiety, sleep loss, loneliness, even PTSD symptoms. 
One former employee says he sleeps with a gun and doesn't believe 9-11 was a terrorist attack. Apparently, he's reading so many conspiracy theories on his job as a fact checker that he's truly started to believe what he reads. This work is hard, uh, but I will say that the, the graphic content, that sort of content, is a small fraction of what reviewers might see. Increasingly, we've been able to use technology to review and remove some of the worst content that you might see somebody upload to Facebook. Facebook execs responded to the allegations and put out a statement of their own. They said, well, you know, it's a whole PR thing. They're taking steps to set and enforce the expectations that they have for partners. Maybe they'll hire another third-party firm to manage their third-party firms. PBS last year published a documentary about the thousands of secretive armies of moderators and the concerns they raise about democracy and free speech as a for-profit third-party workforce chooses what you see, and they also choose what gets buried. Here, check this out. Delete. Ignore. Ignore. Delete. Delete. Ignore. Ignore. Delete. Companies decide what can stay up and what must be taken down. Delete. Outsourcing should be disturbing to people in democratic societies. There are tens of thousands doing this work. All of it's done in secret. They need to be anonymous because we have a contract sign in. Ignore. Our decisions will impact what two billion people are thinking. If you commit one mistake, it could trigger war. I've seen hundreds of beddings. Ignore, delete, ignore, delete, delete, ignore, delete, delete, ignore, delete, ignore, delete, delete. The danger is that we might lose democracy because we're willing to give it up. I got to tell you, if you're looking for another reason to ditch Facebook, even for a little while, this could be it. Facebook has set some pretty rigorous guidelines on what stays and what has to go. And these were all famously leaked by The Guardian in 2017. Here are a few. Vague threats are okay. Well, as long as they don't mention anybody specific. How about this one? Some instances of child abuse are okay as long as it's not sexual or sadistic in nature. What was that? Okay, who wants to be the person who decides that? So is it time finally to ditch our profiles and timelines and call it quits with Facebook? I cannot stress this enough. Just be super careful on the web. You know, this might be a good time to mention my new commando community. I've been doing this for years, so I've built a small community of people who follow my show and share information with each other. And I'll tell you, they're really good people. Well, now we're taking this to a bigger scale and we're launching the commando community. Head over to commando.com slash community and find out how you can join us. It's like Facebook, but it's safe, secure, and we keep your information private. In the meantime, I'd like to thank a few people who did their research to make sure we're as truthful as we can be on every single podcast. And in this podcast, I'd like to thank Brooke Pinkowski, not only for her time working to combat fake news on Facebook directly, but for also joining us for this podcast. I'd also like to thank podcast prepper Bailey Hart for digging deep into the workings of these third-party content moderation companies. Good job, Bailey. 
And also thanks to our excellent audio editor. She makes us all sound so good. Monica Golembieski. Yes, she's a nice Irish girl. And I also want to thank Mike James. Mike, you make all of our lives so much easier here with all the work you do. And obviously, I have to thank each and every one of you who's listening right now. Thank you, everyone. You help make this podcast not only possible, but you help make it as great as it can be. And if you liked what you heard today, hey, do us a favor, share it. Help us get some real news out there. And if you're looking for even more great Commando content, check out Kim's Club. It's our exclusive all-access pass to the Kim Commando show. And your membership helps us to keep putting out these podcasts. Thank you. And as always, I'm Kim Commando reminding you, keep your chin up and your eyes wide. Stay up to date in the age of fake news by downloading my app, available on iTunes and Google Play. We bring you the most comprehensive and important news, tips, and secrets about everything digital, including this, the Commando On Demand podcast. And thanks for listening.